hello and welcome back to the Only Finance Podcast. The Only Finance Podcast where we talk about real life shit that's relatable to you and you can talk to us and have absolutely no shame about how much money you spent at three o'clock in the morning on Vinted. Yes, Vinted, obviously. Or Facebook Marketplace. Or Facebook Marketplace. Or eBay. Or any one of those online buying places that you use to fill your time at 3am. Speaking of which, this week's episode, we are going to be talking about financial scams or getting scammed online. I listened to a really interesting, wasn't a podcast, I think it was a radio segment, and they were talking about how, as of 2023, over 40,000 people this year have Mm -hmm. reported being victims of financial scams online. Take that number, you did the math, so that equates to how many people a day? 109 point something. So 109-ish people per day fall victim to financial scams online. However, how many people actually tell people that yeah. they've been a victim of it? Yeah, like you made a great point that people are almost embarrassed that they've been scammed. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I know it's easy to say you shouldn't be, but you are. Because they've they've got you. It makes you feel vulnerable. I haven't told anyone outside of me, you, and videographer Chris about my being scammed on Facebook Marketplace up until right now, and now yeah. everybody's going to know about it. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah. We're going. That's why we're going into it. I was looking for a painting and decorating service, and I needed somebody to come and paint the house because I didn't want to do it myself because I was very very pregnant. And I found an advert on Facebook Marketplace and he had his own Facebook page and banging reviews and pictures and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, this this has to be legit. Messaged him, we had a really good chat, sent him videos of what he needed doing. And he was like, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll start work as of this date. The day before he sends a message and he's been like, I figured out all the paint costs for the colors that you want. I'm going to go and pick it up now. Can you just sub me the money for the paint? Which I thought, actually, that's kind of fair enough because if you pay for a service... Like, I would expect to pay an upfront cost. Anyway, it turns out, transferred the money, the thick end of £300 and never heard from him again. I didn't tell anybody else about it because I was well embarrassed to be Mm -hmm. like, I have fallen victim to Mm -hmm. a scam online. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that I'm not going to be alone in this. Or if I'm not alone and everybody that's listening to this has been like, you dumb fuck, at least you guys can learn from my mistakes. So that's the whole premise of mm-hmm. this week's episode yeah. is what to look out for when it comes yeah. to financial scams, yeah. how to avoid them, yeah. and what to do yeah. if you've fallen victim yeah. to them in the exact same way that I did. Now, Liam, you said you you have been smart enough not to get scammed by no, anything I, I, online. No, I've not been... So I've not been scammed in that, like, when I've tried... I've, I've looked at a product or service, I have been scammed. Um, however, that's mainly because... I've got a. I'm quite cynical anyway when it comes to things online, um, but b. Every time I I work for a, every financial services job I've had, um, a, they have financial crime training. Yeah. So I go through it every year. It's not like, by the way, this isn't a dead formal thing. That's like an assessment. It's like a, it's not a tick box exercise either. But you have to, oh, you have to go through financial crime training and scams. And scams always fall into it. Now the scams that sort of cover off what, in my world, are more like banking scams, which I was nearly fell victim to. My details were clones, and I think I told this story when we were sort of talking about doing this. Um, I have, I've had my card cloned at a cash machine in Manchester. It was my birthday. Um, we were going out to, to watch Sale, um, playing Newcastle Falcons. 
and we've gone to Manchester, grabbed back to eat, had a few drinks, and get some cash for the taxi to get to the stadium. And um, my car details were cloned. And a few days later, I was uh, in Tesco. So I'd um, I'd just been to fill up my car. I was going shopping, and uh, my phone rings. It's a number that I don't recognise. Um, I assume it's a work thing. Cause I got a lot. Of calls off brokers and stuff like that and, you know numbers that I don't recognize so I picked up the phone and it was someone from Starling Bank and they were telling me um that um I need to speak to them about a potential financial scam uh, and essentially I was a bit cynical I was like I've never been have never had a phone call off Starling and you always communicate with them through the app so I was like okay and they're like, well, we don't need your personal details here we need to know where you are in the country and I'm like what do you mean like well are you in Germany essentially. Obviously, it was done a lot more professionally than I'm sort of really telling the story, but um, someone had cloaked my card and was trying to buy £1,200 of chocolate uh, in Germany, uh, and I confirmed that I was not, in fact, in Germany, because I'd just used my card to buy fuel um, in Congleton, and uh, yeah, um, they uh, promptly cancelled that transaction, but had to send me a new card, which is a massive inconvenience, because it takes a few days, and you don't have a card, and you can't transfer <laughs> money around. So you can't do anything. So there's different types of scams. We're focusing ones that are a bit more easily. Um, anywhere where you buy stuff online is a very, very easy place for scamming. Um, I've noticed since we talked about this that cars in London are a very, very popular one. High-end cars being offered at really cheap rates are quite a, you know, a, a, an easy one for them to do. And it's because they generally, having looked into it, it's because they basically access people's Facebook profiles so that they're not a brand new Facebook profile. They're not yeah. set up in like March 2023 and they send the car in April 2023. The long established accounts have been there for like 2008, 2009, right? And then they use these genuine accounts to scam people. Um, and it's very, very difficult. You, there's like 3 billion adverts on Facebook Marketplace alone. And that's just Marketplace. You're not including any other resale apps like yeah. e eBay or Vinted is an easy one. So... It's very hard to regulate it because there's just so much going on there. You, they, they don't, you, the resource required to, to check every advert would be insane. Um, so it is very easy for people to slip through the net. Um, and also, your example is even more scary because that's a genuine service. They weren't offering you a discounted product that you were just like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great deal. Mm -hmm. You were genuinely looking for a service and from a legitimate business. So, it seemed like a legitimate business, for well, sure. Well, seems. I know, sorry. I didn't mean to make it sound like it. Yeah, <laughs> Even worse sorry. than it was. Obviously not a legitimate business if they're taking the money and money. <laughs> um, I didn't mean that. So, um, yeah, the idea is, you know, we're going to try and cover off, you know, we've been there. Yeah. Right? Luckily, I didn't lose out. Um, you unfortunately did. I did, and I wonder now, had I rang my back and bank and been like, I fucked up, would they have... Mm been able to do anything and mm -hmm. I didn't because I was like if I ring my bank they're just going to mock me down the mm -hmm. phone and as it happens that is absolutely not what would have happened no. if no. I'd have rang them mm -hmm. so if you guys go through a process where you buy something online Leah mentioned high-end cars I've seen it with sofas really recently again on Facebook marketplace you look at sofas they're well expensive they yeah. are grown-up purchases yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely and then sometimes you open Facebook marketplace and it's like brand new corner sofa should have been fourteen hundred pounds. Buy it now, three nine nine with delivery. And you message them, and they're like, "Just give us a deposit, and we'll deliver it. And if you don't like it, we'll take it away on the same lorry." Sounds too good to be true. That's because it is. It is too good to be true. Yeah. So that's our general rule of thumb. Like yeah. to you know, there's different things that we're going to discuss about this, but general rule of thumb is if you look at it and go, "Oh, that sounds a bit too good to be true," it probably is going to be too good to be true. Mm -hmm. And anyone selling anything on a resale app like that, you know, 
when you don't vintage is an easy option right we'll use vintage because i'm a regular user so i know they have Addict. a buyer <laughs> sorry regular user they um they have a buyer protection scheme right so ebay have a very similar thing Ma- because facebook is a social media platform it, it, it marketplace is a byproduct of what it does yeah. so it's not it doesn't have to you know not to defend it but it doesn't have to sort of have put all these measures in place you know you sort of you know, there's disclosures say, look, you, you, you enter into that agreement at your own accord. So while, you know, companies that are set up specifically for resale have measures in place, sometimes if you're buying things elsewhere, then there aren't measures to protect you. So you have to protect yourself. So how do you do it? So first of all, the first point of call is always, always, always ring your bank. Because if they can do anything to interrupt that transaction, they will. They are not going to call you a dickhead over the phone. They're just not going to do it. They're going to do what they can to support. There are going to be instances. So if you transfer stuff now in your app, it will ask you, why are you transferring this mm-hmm. money? Mm-hmm. And there's usually a couple of different boxes that you can mm-hmm. tick. And it's like pay family and friends, mm-hmm. pay for goods and services, yeah. Yeah, make yeah, yeah, an yeah. investment that you've yeah. seen online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you go through that, it will say after whatever box you've ticked, you, you know, are you sure this isn't a scam? Yeah. And you can say yes. And that, that, a lot of the time means that the bank will go, look, we've we've done our due diligence mm-hmm. and there's nothing that we mm-hmm. can do, but they will try their best mm-hmm. and you need to be flagging these because that £40,000 a year figure that we heard is going to be bullshit because mm-hmm. I would say maybe as high as 70 to 80% of people are not going to admit that they've Absolutely. lost a few oh. hundred quid online. They would rather swallow their pride and yeah. keep their dignity than openly admit that they've lost a bit yeah, of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first point is to always speak to your bank. This... Bear- Bear in mind as well with the bank transactions as well, certainly on the newer challenger banks, um, they'll cross-reference the account details yeah. to match them up. So whenever you're trying to buy a product or service, if you're not buying it in person, i.e. going to the door, you really want to be trying to pay a business, Yeah. right? Because when you go to transfer that money to that business, it will flag that it's not a business account. It'll show it's a personal account. Second, you know, if the, the names don't match, from the person you're buying from to the person you're sending money to, that's a bit of a red flag for you as well. You know, people that have hacked other people, social media platforms to to sell things online. You know, if you're buying a sofa from Peter Jones, right? But when you're trying to send money to Peter Jones, that name doesn't match, then that, that should give you an indication. So always, always, always contact them and always, always try and pay cash on delivery. That's the best way to protect yourself. Um yeah. You were going to move on to the next point, which is calling the police. Yeah, so if... And I think a lot of people put off by this because you think the police are under enough pressure and they can't even investigate if my car gets broken into. They're not going to care that I've lost a couple of hundred quid. But actually, one, they might be able to because it might be a prolific fraudster Mm -hmm. that that then adds to their investigation that they're Mm -hmm. doing. But two, it adds to the numbers. And the more people that report that they've been a victim of fraud, the more infrastructure will be put in place to protect Mm -hmm. victims of fraud or to stop it happening going forward. So report it. Ring, is it 111? No, that's the NHS direct line. Yeah, 101. 101, there we go. Ring 101, it's like the non-emergency police police line. Get it reported is also really important. Now, the next point that we saw was action fraud, but that's specifically for cybercrime. Yeah. I'll be honest, I'm not even sure what cybercrime, like what uh, falls under cybercrime. Cybercrime is, is basically going to be anything that's done online. So would my Facebook marketplace 
paint, painter and decorator fraudster, would he fall under cybercrime? I mean, I don't know how much action fraud I'm going to do. I think it's more aimed at large-scale financial transactions. Uh, to be honest, I, I've not had that much exposure to it. Um, but we could definitely, definitely do a blog cut blog post about action fraud and what that covers um to release after this to to give you more context and insight and if anyone does know anything more about them then please actually give us the content so we don't have to do anything that'd be great equally one thing that we definitely want to do is find out what is the most ridiculous thing you've been scammed out of online and we've been talking about this that'd be great we're actually going to do a bit where we're going to see which of us can most quickly get scammed online now given my track record i feel like i've got a pretty strong potential but you'll See I am based highlights. in London, so I'm probably got the law of actually said there'll be more people trying to scam down there. So I, I'm backing myself. Okay, fair I'm enough. I'm backing myself. But you guys will be able to see that by the yeah. time this podcast episode launches, it will already be on TikTok and Instagram and yeah. everywhere else. Which, by the way, if you didn't know, it's the only finance podcast is where you can find it. Uh, we're going to see how quickly we can get scammed. Yeah. And so one, one, I think there's one thing we discussed on there that we didn't actually write down. But when you purchase online, the safest way, if you're in a position to, is through a credit card. Oh, yeah. Because without being too boring, you've got to remember that a credit card being credit, right? the liability lies with the credit card provider. So they are providing you credit upfront, which you then agree to repay over a defined period of time. So it's not your money that's gone yet. So if you pay with a credit card and it's fraud, they're going to work fucking hard to get their money back because that's their money. So where you can, if you are in position two and not everyone else, not everyone is, and that's obviously very, very difficult. However, what you can do when you're paying for things online, certainly if you have to enter your 16-digit card number and your three-digit code on the back, what you can do is, I know I've alluded this in a previous episode, have a separate account that you use for online shopping, which is basically none of your direct debits say your salary doesn't go there. So if they clone those card details, it's just there and it's an empty account only for use when online shopping. And some online apps now will allow you to create like a temporary online purchase account, which essentially just gives away a different card number. So that if they clone that, it's just stuff. I didn't know about that. That's pretty clever. So I'm pretty sure Starling offer it or Monzo, one of those two. Monzo are pretty good on stuff like this. So I've got uh, a separate Monzo account now, and it's one way that I stop overspending on things, is I have to transfer the money from my bank account yeah. into my Monzo account before I can make the purchase online, and it's yeah. almost like that additional blocker to be like, are you sure? Yeah, is yeah, this yeah. a legitimate purchase, or yeah, are you yeah. just like, is Being it just three o'clock in the morning and yeah, you want to buy stuff off Sheen? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where you can, do that. Now there's, outside of online retailers, uh, online retailers obviously aren't scammers, but on, on away from buying online through resale apps or marketplace or ebay or anything like that there's also other types of scams that you can be susceptible to um people will know of them um things like pretending to be from hmrc saying that you owe a self-employed tax bill mm-hmm. um your network provider they'll say we're from your network there's been unauthorized access we need to log on to your wi-fi so that we can um check there's not been no dodgy activity pension scams and i know that's not really related too much to no, our demographic, no, but, yeah. but they're a big one yeah yeah big one where you will get people who will try and convince the elderly who have drawn down their pensions to reinvest in their scheme promising like a 200 percent return yeah, in the space of 12 not. months yeah uh, which leads us neatly on to any sort of guaranteed return scheme if anyone pictures you and it's i've i've received a few on instagram and i've deleted them and i wish i hadn't because 
it would be great just to turn my phone around and go here have a look at it but what they will do is they will promise a guaranteed return on an investment now bear in mind that investment cannot you cannot guarantee a return unless you're putting your money into a bank account which is based upon the you know bank of england base rate which returns a set figure because that's what it does there's well nowhere that will offer you a guaranteed return because investment by its very definition is risk-based but there are people out there now who are saying if you pay me 200 pound i can guarantee you x if you pay me 300 i guarantee you y you see it a lot on tiktok a lot on yeah. tiktok yeah and it's it was it, I've had it on Instagram, and they're usually brand new accounts. And here's the things to look out for. I'm sure you'll be able to say if there's any other ones on TikTok. They'll offer a guaranteed return on a set cash amount. That amount will generally be anywhere between five and ten times your initial investment. They can't guarantee a return, right? If they're playing the stock market, they can't guarantee a return. So just don't. There is a particular rule set in financial services that says they have to say. Yeah. Your money, money is at risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if absolutely. they're not saying that from the outset, yeah. it's a scam. Yeah, because they're not doing it as a company; they're doing it as themselves. And look, anyone who is just randomly pitching people on social media saying I can guarantee you X amount or I can get you X amount of return, they can't. Just, just it goes back to that if it sounds too good to be true. Now, there's people out there who trade. One of my friends who I knew at school, he trades on a platform and says. That returns offer certain amounts from x to y but offers no guarantee right and he's just a trader he's part of a legitimate scheme and whatever and they trade on platforms but he does it himself right if your friends are offering it's very it gets very complex because it's whether you trust your friend how do you feel about it and ultimately what happens if they get it wrong I was actually just about, I'm really sorry to interrupt you. For no, long, no, no. I saw, I saw something click. Yeah, like, like the light right. bulb moment. I got a message on my Instagram mm. from the girl who does my nails mm. just this morning to be mm. like, hey, hun, can I ask you a question? And I was like, mm. yeah, what's going on? And she asked me about um, investing £3,000. And mm. I was like, Maisie, what the fuck is going on? We spoke yesterday and you didn't yeah. mention this. And her Instagram account had been hacked. Yeah. And somebody in her account is yeah. asking people for money. Yeah, yeah. And the likeness to the way that she writes was mm. so similar. Mm -hmm. For a second, I had, like, I rang her and I was like, what's the deal with this message? And she mm. was like, my Instagram account's been hacked. I'm yeah. really sorry. There's nothing that I can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just off the back of you saying friends and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's how often it can be done. Like, I messaged him back and I was like, mate, what's going on? And he was like, look, I've, I do it through a company. They give you access to a platform. And I obviously... If I get people signed up who are investing, I get to return a commission, like in a marketing thing. And I was like, all right, cool, no worries. I said, it's, you know, it's not for me, like, whatever. But he was like, no, no, fine, fair enough. If it is from a friend, just ask them. Because chances are their social media account has been hacked. Or if they are offering it, look, that's then your call whether you invest with your friend if they're doing something like that. You've got to remember that, you know, we spoke about it. We're living in a world where things are very expensive. You know, spare cash is tight. So, you know... If somebody says to you, can you give us 100 quid and I'll return a £3,000 investment, we're going to be way more susceptible to it because actually... Fucking love, £3,000 would be great right Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if it sounds too good to be true, I'll go back to that. It generally will be. And these things are normally set up in a way that they will have the feel of legitimacy. Mm -hmm. I spoke about you know the ones that offer you a set return, blah, 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 blah. They are generally what old school pyramid schemes were. Um... I know the question you're about to ask me, so I'm going to answer it for you. Thank you. So, the pyramid scheme, without giving you a really boring definition, is essentially 
they will offer you a set return on something, providing you give them X. What they will then do is go to the next layer of people and say, if you give me X, I'll give you a set return of Y. So I would say to Video Guy Chris and Charlotte, if you give me £500, I guarantee to give you £1,000. Now, you two won't be in the same room. I'll message you completely independently. I will give one of you £1,000 straight away. And you'll think, fucking hell, this is a good scheme. And I'll send you £1,000. And you'll be like, oh, wow. And then I'll be like, hey, can I use you as like a review on my social media account? And you'll be like, yeah, cool. So like, all right, we'll screenshot that transaction. Just send it to me so I can show people. I have one transaction showing that I doubled your money. And I will recycle that continuously to loop in other people to this scheme. So now what do I need to do? Well, I need to get the other person £1,000. So I now need to go and get a couple more people. And you build up the base. So the more and more people are involved in it. And eventually it collapses. And that's how it works. Now that's not to be, because we had this conversation and you asked, is that affiliate marketing? Yeah. And they're not to be confused. Like affiliate marketing is offering a company a chance to market their products through you. And every time, if you're marketing something for Amazon, for example, and you're marketing, let's say that cup, that's all over gonna be all over our podcast because every time we do this you are drinking out of this cup which i actually think is off amazon thank you there we go right so if you then post that link on your um instagram account your tiktok account whatever it is and people click that link it's a unique link to you it's the same as tiktok shop right yeah yeah, exactly so you will be paid every time someone purchases something through that link i got scammed on tiktok shop as well and i've just remembered that that happened they were like weight loss gummies didn't work you will definitely have seen the advert for them but we'll move swiftly on from that but that's what affiliate marketing is not to be confused with pyramid schemes yeah and that's neatly moving on to like some scams will just offer you a product you will get that product but the product don't fucking work Mm -hmm. so i guess the easiest way to sort of look at these is if i want to buy something and i'm and i'm buying it ask the the first question is is it too good to be true yeah okay if it is too good to be true, generally it is. So just step back. You've got a computer in your hand that sits in your pocket most of the day. Use it. Like Look it up. Find out more information about it. What are these people doing? How do they do it? How does this work? You will probably get everything that you need to know about that. If you're looking at it going, no, it's not too good to be true. It just seems like a really good discount then there's nothing wrong with you asking questions. If you want to buy that thing on social media, then ask questions. There's nothing wrong with that. But moving on to that next one, if they start asking for a deposit, probably it's going to be a scam. They're probably just doing that and then they'll make up some excuse and then they'll just ghost you or whatever it is and and then you'll never get that money back. Now, there is going to be probably people listening to this going, oh, I know, but I asked for a deposit. Big trade jobs, for example, on how like, let's go back to the trade point, right? If you're a builder and you are listening to this to us and you're doing a £40,000 extension, you might want some of that up front because you are going to have a big capital outlay, all right? Now, that's a very different thing entirely. You will have been round to the house. You will have shook hands. You'll park your van outside the house. You might even have been recommended by a friend, all right? So what we're sort of referring to are sort of arm's length transactions, as we call them. Ones yeah. where you don't actually have to meet the person. No interaction with the person whatsoever. 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 So... If they ask for a deposit, just walk away. Go and find it somewhere else from someone who doesn't want a deposit. Because really, if you're selling something like, I don't know, a pair of trainers, jeans, 
a phone. You don't need a deposit to sell that item. You're probably selling that item because you don't need it anymore. Yeah. So you don't need a deposit to secure the item. Um, and in, in the best in the best case scenario, pay cash on collection. That's the easiest way to protect yourself because you can look at what that is. You can see it. You can feel it. You can test if it actually works before you hand over any cash. And be strong. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Like, if I'm legitimately selling something online, my girlfriend did recently, people turn up to the house and, you know, ask to look at it. And that's absolutely fine. And there's no issue with people asking, oh, can I actually look at this? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, and Why? I think... Why would anyone be bothered if they're a legitimate seller? A big takeaway from this is, exactly as you've said, try and have human interactions, which in this day and age is really difficult. But if you've already got to a point where you have been scammed online, you can get help. Don't feel like you can't tell anybody about it. Tell people, tell us, like, we want to know and help people get educated as to how you could potentially get your money back if you have been scammed. Yeah. Remember that you can either go to your bank, they can cancel transaction sometimes if it's, like, held. Now, normally, when if it's online, you might be just directly transferring off someone's bank account. So it might not be able to, but contact them anyway. Yeah. Because they can flag that account. Um, you can call the police. Yeah. Um, 101. No. Yes, yeah. it was 101, not 111. <laughs> um, smooth work, guys. Um, and for a more serious thing, you go to action fraud. Um, where you can, ideally, use, use a credit, credit card to pay online for online purchases because you put the liability on the bank or credit card provider, not yourself. And if it's a scam, they'll go and get their own money back, not you, don't worry. Um, you can also, some banking apps will allow you to create temporary online transaction numbers or set yourself up a separate bank account so that if your card details are cloned online, they are trying to take money out of an empty account that you only use for online purchases. And I think that brings us really nicely to the end of this week's episode. Nice. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We really appreciate it. Please get in touch. We love hearing to be like, we listened to it and this changed our lives. Nothing that drastic has happened just yet, but we're we're holding out for it. So you can find us on any form of social media, everywhere you listen to your podcasts. It's the Only Finance Podcast, or you can go to the website, which is theonlyfinancepodcast.com. And we will catch you next time. Goodbye. Boom.